0: today to bring you a little bit of a different 12 questions it's with Garrett Smithley who is driver of the number zero car for JD Motorsports in the Xfinity series now you might be wondering why Garrett Smithley well it's a good question and the answer is because he asked to be part of it Uh, he reached out and said hi I like reading the 12 questions Um, I'd love to take a shot answering them and I feel like if a driver personally asks to be part of it, because it's it's really hard for me to get some drivers to even say yes. So, any NASCAR driver that's like, "Hi, I want to be featured on there," I'm gonna say yes. So I figured uh, give him a shot, and you know what? Uh, he was pretty good. I really enjoyed it. So I hope you'll enjoy it too, and give him a chance, hear his story a little bit, get to know him, and kind of hear some struggles of what. Um, younger drivers and drivers for some of the smaller teams have to go through. So let's take a listen and see what you think. Okay, so I'm here with Garrett Smithley, and Garrett, you are one of the rare people who has volunteered to do the 12 questions yourself. Uh, why Why do you want to do the 12 questions?
1: Well, uh, I, I've been kind of following you a little bit since I started racing, and uh, I've just, I've loved the 12 questions, and It really shows drivers personalities and I don't know should I be scared
0: (laughs) no I don't think so I'm just very honored that you would volunteer so you know I just feel like man if somebody wants to do them you know I used to cover like high school sports right and you'd walk up to a player after the game and they'd be excited to talk to you but most times here in NASCAR when I walk up to a driver they're like oh that guy or like ah I got to do another interview so somebody that wants to do an interview I'm like
1: yeah let's do it you know what I mean I'm not shy I'm an open book so let's go okay sweet
0: how much of your success is based on your natural ability and how much has come from working at it?
1: I think I think you have to have natural ability. I think I so I started racing very very late compared to a lot of guys. So I started at 15 in Bandoliers and Legend Cars. So when I started racing, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't have family that came from a racing background, maybe distant, but like I'm a first generation racer. My dad never raced. So um, looking at that I had no idea what i was doing he had no idea what he was doing it's a wonder we went to victory lane at all and won championship so i think it has a ton to do with natural ability i think now that i'm in nascar in the last few years racing some truck races last year running pretty much a full season with jd motorsports and coming back for a second full season i think that's when i'm really going to have to put in the the work and work at it because i think there's only so much you could do on your natural ability side. So now I have to work at how to adapt to these tracks, how to adapt to these cars, how to make my car better. You know, it's all about, you know, anybody can drive a a good handling race car. It's those that that have to work at how to make that that race car better. So um, I think now, you know, again, my natural abilities got me this point. Now the hard work is going to get me to the next level. So if
0: if you started racing so late and you're racing against all these people who have been racing since they were like, three or whatever how how do you think you did pick it up so fast is it just simple as like
1: you watch races you get it you know what you were looking forward to do i think it had a lot to do with watching the sport for so long going to short track races um my very first car race was at pocono in an arca race so you know, I never did any short track late model stuff or anything like that. I just did Bandlers and Legend cars. So I think it was a combination of my ability to adapt and get in the car and, and know what to do and also just be that sponge. You know, I'm one to, to not be, you know, I'm not that driver that says, oh, I know everything. I mean, if somebody that's been in the sport for 20, 30 years, uh, even 10 years, if they tell me something, I'm going to listen to that. And I'm going to take that to heart and apply it to what I'm doing. And that's just how I've always been. Okay. Um,
0: so Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, and Carl Edwards have all retired in the last couple of years. What's your pitch for fans of theirs to become fans of yours?
1: <laughs> I I have fun with everything that I do. And being in NASCAR, I, I don't take it for granted. It's such a, a, an amazing opportunity to be at this level, be at the second highest stock car series in the world behind the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup series and I mean I just have so much fun so and I love social media I love being on Snapchat and Twitter and and you know I love being vocal interacting with fans so I just think you know if you follow me I I have a good time so I, I hope I hope my good time translate to translates to fans having good times and uh, we had a lot of fun last year with the zero car doing the whole number nothing thing. So uh, We got nothing nation going we've 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 got a bunch of fans. So coming over to nothing nation. We're having a blast Okay, it's good pitch
0: What's the hardest part of your job away from the racetrack?
1: Um, hardest, hardest part about probably the sponsorship search to be honest. So for me my week looks like if you're starting Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday Thursday. If we don't travel on Thursday, I'm making calls. You know, pretty much dialing for dollars, trying to trying to get sponsors in for JD Motorsports. You know, we have some really great partners with Flex Seal and G&K Services and some of my partners that I've brought from last year. Um, Kentucky Fame and Mubia, but it, it's it's never enough. You know, being a small team, three car team, competing against you know Gibbs and and you know, R C R and Junior Motorsports, it's it's tough. It's kinda of the, the Dave and Goliath thing. So we always are trying to get more support. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm dialing for, for dollars, searching for sponsors and trying to get new partners to, to help us out to, to compete with those guys. And then, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday I'm I'm on the road and, and you know, here at the racetrack. So um, I think probably just the sponsorship search, but I've learned a ton doing that part. I've, I've learned very early in my career that to be successful as a race car driver, you have to worry about the business side of it and the marketing side of it. And that's one thing that I've really taken to heart. And when I stopped focusing on going racing all the time and being so obsessed with that and started focusing on the business side of it, that's when I started becoming successful. Do you literally like
0: cold, cold call people ever? Is there points where you're just picking up the phone and just hoping it works out yeah
1: yeah i mean so many times i mean you get a thousand no's before you get that one yes and when that one yes comes and it's a big thing i mean it's it's huge um so yeah i mean i'll 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 sit there and go on google maps look up where we're racing you know especially if we're kind of out of market or if we're doing like a standalone xfinity race um i'm looking at companies that are around the track and i'm just i'm calling i'm sending emails i'm doing the whole thing
0: oh that's really impressive how do you deal with the rejection that comes with
1: that? It's got to be discouraging at times So naturally when I was a kid I was really really shy and I was terrified of phone calls and still to this day like I'm not scared of them but I still get a little anxiety when I, you know when I first pick up the phone and, and call somebody for the first time. So, I mean, it's just you got to take it with a grain of salt and you got to really realize what you're doing it for and the payoff when you get to the track on Friday and Saturday and you go out and, and you run that car at 190 miles an hour. That's the payoff and that's why we do it.
0: So a fan spots you eating dinner in a nice restaurant, you know, you might even be taking a bite of food or something like that. Should they come over for an autograph or just leave you be?
1: I think maybe this answer might change. Uh, as, as I, you know, maybe if I get to the spring or the, the monster energy NASCAR cup series level, but right now, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's so cool. I I remember the very first time when I got recognized out of my suit, uh, to, for an autograph, I just thought that was so cool. Um, I think there's definitely, there's definitely a right way to do it. Um, (laughs) I'll tell my mom a little bit. So we're always out to dinner, you know, when she, when they come to the racetrack, my mom and dad are very, very supportive and they're always involved. And, uh, and of course, you know, when we're out and, you know, waiter, waitress asks, Oh, what are you guys in for? Are you guys in for the race? Oh yeah. My son's an NASCAR driver. And I'm just like, Oh no. <laughs> so that's, that's a little, that's a little funny, but, uh, no, I, I, I think there's a right way to do it. And I think if they come over and they ask for the autograph and, uh, you know, as long as we sign and you take the pictures and like, they, they, they don't linger. I think, uh, I think that's fine.
0: What's a story in NASCAR that doesn't get enough coverage?
1: Oh, there's so many stories. I think just the stories of all the guys behind the scenes. I mean, you know, the driver's stories always get told on how, you know, how, where they started and where they came from and how they, they got up the ladder. But, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of telling that story. But I think some of the crew guys that, that work so hard, I mean, especially our J Motorsports team. I mean, we've got 14 or 15 guys that come out to the racetrack every week for three cars when there's guys, when there's teams with 15 guys on one car. I think just the story of, of our team and, and, and what they do at the shop and how hard they've worked all off season. And I mean, that's across the board, that's every team, all the way up you know, to the top, all the way down to the bottom. I mean, these guys work so hard week in and week out. And I just, I think that story needs to be told a little bit more. Who's the last driver that you texted? The last driver I texted, oh, I don't know, probably Matt DeBenedetto. He's he and Ryan Ellis are always hanging out. They're trying to get me to hang out all weekend. <laughs> now that they got the whole PR driver duo thing going on, so I think it was him. They're a fun group. You hang out with them? Yeah, yeah, they're fun. So Ryan just recently got engaged, Ryan Ellis, and uh, they had me over for their engagement party, and we had a Mario Kart tournament. I think Matt Matt D had a. Uh, Facebook live thing that he was doing so we had a good time doing that okay do you consider race car drivers to be entertainers yeah absolutely um, so I tell a little bit about my background I I come from a theater background so when I was a kid I was six seven years old I did my first play with my mom my parents were always very instrumental in putting us me and my brother in everything I have a brother that's two years old uh, two years younger and so we did everything we sang a church we danced we you know did theater we played baseball we played football we did all kinds of stuff so they never pushed me to do one certain thing so it's it's kind of crazy when when i finally got to the point when i said hey this is you know racing is what i want to do they were supportive of it um you know they couldn't they could only help so much but but they were always supportive so um so being in theater i was in plays when i was in high school and i did leads and there'd be times when i would do a show in in the or no i would race in the afternoon and then and then leave book it to the to the auditorium the theater and then do a play that night so knowing how the similarities behind it it's just it's it's a different performance So we're we're still entertaining. We still, you know, again, getting the fans involved on on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and and Snapchat. You know, we're always trying to be entertaining and be fun. And I think that's a lot of a lot of what's missing. And and that's that's what I like to do. I like to show my personality because I like to be out there. I like to do crazy things. I did some some crazy dress up thing at at Darlington for throwback week and I wore a big afro and platform shoes. You can go look on my Facebook. It's fun. And uh, so I, I enjoy doing that stuff. What's a notable role that you played in a player musical? My very first big lead role, I was a junior in high school, and I was Charlie Bucket in in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That was so cool to do, and that was pretty much my dream role. That's awesome. I can kind of see that. I can kind of see that. That, That's very fitting. Oh, one 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 thing about that. So It was really, really cool because me and Charlie kind of have a lot of similarities. He was always thinking positive. And my motto on every car that I drive is patience never give up. So it's kind of that mantra. So that was really cool to, to play out on stage.
0: That's very cool. What's your middle finger policy on the racetrack?
1: I don't think I've ever given the middle finger. That's just not not in my. I don't know, it's just not in my character. I uh, I don't know. I mean, I I'll I'll give like hand signals like, hey, what are you doing? Or you know, I'll get frustrated and stuff like that. I'm not like I'm not that guy like. You know, curse and yell and stuff like that. I do get frustrated. Don't get me wrong. And I'm super competitive, and and I, you know, I want to be the best, 100%. But I've just, I don't know. I've never, I've always been that guy that to kind of talk things out. And like, if something's going on, like, hey man, you know, what was that all about? Or, or you know, hey, give me some slack or whatever. Um, you know, I had, I only had one or two, you know, problems on the track last year with uh, just a couple of drivers, and we talked it out, and it was good afterwards. So. I've I've never done it. I I hope I hope I don't. I, I might get to that point, but who knows. Some cu- some drivers
0: keep a payback list for things that they want to get revenge on. But do you have a payback list for things that you owe people? Like somebody's cut you some slack or done you a favor on the track?
1: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think this you know racing we race, you know in the Xfinity series we race thirty three times a year. So if you're constantly focusing on all the negative and oh i owe that guy whatever you're never going to be successful you take it one race at a time and even even that payback list that you say yeah you always keep that in the back of your mind maybe you race a guy a little harder because of something they did the previous week but at the end of the day if you don't let it go it's going to linger with you and and you're going to ha- be fixated on it so just my policy just kind of let it go and i mean definitely if it happens again you may, you may want to say something you may want to do something but yeah, you you definitely you know show different guys different respect. You know if they if they cut you some slack, you'll cut them some slack next time. So I think there is definitely mutual respect that I have for a lot of drivers out there. Who's
0: the most famous person that you've had dinner with?
1: Oh, I don't know. I uh, when I was when I was fifteen or sixteen, I was racing bandoleros and just just starting racing. And I had a, a buddy of mine um, that I was racing with that was friends with Kyle Petty. And uh, Kyle Petty showed up to dinner, and, and that was really, really cool, because that was like the first time that I had really met a NASCAR driver. So I don't, I, I don't know. I would say Kyle Petty, I guess. I. I I haven't really had many famous dinners, but that one kind of sticks out to me because that was like the first time. Like, oh my gosh, that's Kyle Petty. That's so cool.
0: <laughs> he's such a big personality too. He's so engaging and friendly and everything.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know he's always had that personality, and definitely somebody that that uh, that I look up to. My my all time hero in, in in racing was Dale Jarrett. So, and I actually got to meet him, and I had an incident on the track in uh, at Kentucky in practice where I I got really really sideways and, and slid, had a big save. And Dale was like, hey, that was that was awesome. He made an awesome save. I don't know how he did that. I was like, wow, that's my hero talking about me making a save on track. That was so, so cool. Wow, that's pretty awesome. What's
0: something about yourself that you'd like to improve?
1: Probably my organization skills and time management. I've always I've never been really poignant on on, you know, being on time and things like that. I know that's kind of important. So and just just organization. I'm just I'm kind of a messy person and I just I, I guess that's just my mind that always goes everybody says that I'm ADD or ADHD I I've never been like diagnosed with that or anything like that but I, I I can get a little scatterbrained at times and I think I think that's why I'm so good in the race car because when I get in I'm so laser focused on what I'm doing that it just calms my brain down so um, I would definitely like to be more organized in my life for sure um, the question from the last
0: person was, it was Martin Trix Jr., and it wasn't for you specifically, but for whoever the next driver was, he wanted to know, who do you think the team to beat in
1: Monster Energy NASCAR Cup is this year? I, you got to say Gibbs, right? I mean, last year, the Xfinity Series, Gibbs had it all wrapped up. I mean, you know, nobody could really touch him until really the end of the year. Um, I, I think I think you got to say Gibbs, for sure.
0: And I don't know who the next interview is going to be with yet. So do you have a question I could just generically ask uh, the next driver, whoever that might be? Well, I'm
1: hoping it's a a veteran driver. Um, I'd like to ask, as when that, whoever that person is, when they were a rookie, what are some things that they wish that they did differently? to, to better themselves and, and to better themselves as a race car driver in the NASCAR cup series and follow maybe follow me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: The uh, double request. Well, I, I appreciate you, um, you taking the time to do this and being willing to do it and, uh, volunteering to do it. So, um, I appreciate it. And how can people follow you on, on the accounts that you were mentioning?
1: Yeah, I'm. All, I'm just. It's pretty easy. Just Garrett Smithley on across the board on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. I like. I like doing some fun stuff on Snapchat, and then uh, our race team, TeamJDMotorsports.com. All our social media stuff's on there. Actually, I just got a new website, so um, just redesigned it. So GarrettSmithley.com. So yeah, that was pretty cool. I really
0: was particularly interested in the part where he was talking about how he cold calls sponsors. Um, that are around the racetrack. I think it's really smart and um, shows a lot of initiative. So pretty cool to hear about that and to see how he does this year for JD Motorsports. I want to give some podcast shout-outs to some of the patrons who contributed $10 or more this month. And those include Abby Wells, Liz Campbell and Mark Viedro, Carlton Wilkie, Marilyn Moore, Buzz Bayless, Matthew Fuller and Kathy Vick. Thank you to all you for allowing me to keep traveling to races and keep doing what I enjoy doing. That will take me to Las Vegas Motor Speedway coming up this week and Phoenix International Raceway next week, so pretty cool. Been able to do the first uh, four races so far, so that's awesome. Next week on the 12 questions, it'll be Dale Earnhardt Jr. So that's something to look forward to as well. Keep an eye out for that. Until then, talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.